Good morning. Are you ready to study God's word today? Okay. It's a brand new series. We've been working really hard on this, wasn't it? Today we start this brand new five-week series called Personality Profiles, where for the next few weeks, really for the next four weeks after this Sunday, five total, we are going to try to answer some of that question, why do some people just drive you crazy? Can you just think of those people right now? Please don't say any names out loud. We don't want you to get in trouble. Uh, especially if you're sitting beside that person. But, uh, but you know, that person who just, you cannot understand why they think the way they do. Why in the world do they do and make the choices that they do? And, and it, it just does not make any sense to you. And so we went out on the streets of this city and asked that question. And here are some of the responses that we got. and weaknesses, and what can we learn from the Bible about how God designed us to work better together in this world through our unique personalities. We are going to have so much fun. Join us this October at Moncton Wesleyan. I'm going to have to ask Tia later. I don't know what he has against bearded people, but nevertheless... Uh, many of you have studied the four basic personality types. Maybe you know the, uh, the Myers-Briggs or the Taylor-Johnson temperament analysis. You're familiar with words like choleric, sanguine, phlegmatic, uh, and melancholic. Or there's one system that uses animals and calls the four categories lion, golden retriever, otter, and beaver, or you've heard of type A personalities, just raise your hand all around the room. How many, have you ever heard any of this? Any of it at all? Okay, so you're, most people are at least basically familiar with the concept. And you may wonder, come on, Joel, now, where does it talk about personality types in the Bible? D does the Bible really talk about this stuff? Is there a verse that says, blessed are the sanguines and the phlegmatics, for they shall inherit the earth? And uh, I have to admit, no, and, and it's important because what we teach around here is the Bible, amen? That is the foundation upon which we build our lives in this church, but there is a strong biblical foundation, as you will see today in this introduction, for why we are doing this series. And so in the next month, we are also going to look at a number of different stories and different uh, 
uh, people in the biblical stories who demonstrated these personality types. So in your notes, let's get started. Number one, uh, why are we studying this stuff? Because we need to learn to love other people well. And sometimes that's not always so easy, is it? Uh, that scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers and sisters. Be compassionate and humble. The Bible says that we need to learn how to get along with other people. Learn how to be sympathetic and compassionate and humble when it comes to our differences. Romans chapter 15 verse 7 says, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. That even when somebody is different than me, I still have to learn to love and accept them. Ephesians 4 verse 2 and 3. Let's read this one out loud together. Are you ready? Here we go. All together. Be completely humble and gentle, bearing with one another. Say that part again. Bearing with one another. That kind of sounds like sometimes it's painful, doesn't it? To bear with one another. But let's continue. Bearing with one another in love. Here we go. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. In order to bear with each other, we have to make an effort to keep the unity of the Spirit within the bond of peace. And so another reason we're studying this is because, number two, we need to, let's go ahead and put it on the screen, we need to be aware of our internal wiring. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Let's read this one out loud together. Here we go. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. It says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but get this, also do not think of yourself more lowly than you ought. That we need to be acutely aware of our own uh, self-perception. We need to learn our own strengths and weaknesses. That you need to know what you're good at. You also need to know what you are not so good at. Because God has designed us to live together in the context of Christian community. That there is no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. We need each other and we need all the personality types, even the ones that drive you crazy. The same passage continues into verse 4. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophecy, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Folks, picture how amazing it would be to have a church where all different kinds of people with all different kinds of personalities and all different kinds of gifts and talents come together to advance the mission of Jesus together. Folks, that is what we are building here at Moncton Wesleyan. Number three, 
We need to make the most of what God has given us. Look at 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Let's read this one out loud together. Will you help me out? You're kind of getting weak this morning too, okay? So let's, let's make sure we're good and strong here. Here we go. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. Manage them well. You need to understand how you're wired and how I'm wired so that we can come together to leverage those differences for maximum kingdom impact. Because frankly, if I don't manage my gifts and my, my talents and my personality and my strengths and my weaknesses well, what will happen many times is I can end up wasting all of my time trying to do things that frankly God did not design me to do. And you'll get frustrated because you're spending all of your time and energy operating in your weaknesses. And so knowing your personality type can help you do what it says here in 1 Peter 4 verse 10. To manage your gifts well. All right, are you ready? It's time to get started. Today is the introduction to the four personality types. And if you'll flip over to the back side of your notes, you see that we have a, a basic system that we're going to use. Again, there are all kinds of different systems. There are all kinds of different uh, categories of terminology that we could use. But the one that we're going to use, because I can describe it really quickly, and I have found it really, really helpful in leading teams to work together over the years, and even to help our family get along, uh, is, is this four-quadrant system called the DISC profile system, D-I-S-C. And in order to do that, we're going to put this little four-quadrant uh, system on the board, and... Uh, if you can answer just a few questions in a few minutes, I can help you figure out which category you possibly fit in. And so on the, uh, the horizontal axis, there is a continuum that goes from on the left side, task-oriented, to on the right side, people-oriented. And so if you can answer this question, that in a given situation, are you more likely to be concerned about people's feelings and, and you know, can we get along? Or, or are you more concerned about, let's get a task done. We've got to get, we got to make sure things are done right, even if maybe sometimes it hurts people's feelings a little bit. Okay? If you don't know the answer to this question, ask the person beside you. <laughs> they can probably tell you which end of the, the spectrum you fall on. Now, here's why we are uncomfortable answering this question. Because nobody wants to say, oh, I, I am only task-oriented. I don't care about people. You're like, not me. Now, that's my boss, but not me. Now, of course, nobody is going to be 100% on one side or the other. If they're 100% on one side of the scale, that is a, an incredibly unhealthy person, right? And so on the other side, nobody wants to say, oh, all I care about is just hanging out with people. I never care whether we get anything done or not. So we know that this is a varying scale, but just admit that you probably tend to fall off on one side or the other. Go ahead and just mark on your little scale there in your notes, which side do you tend to fall on the most? Now on the vertical axis, we have at the top, uh, the, the active personality, and on the bottom, the more passive 
personality. And so if in a given situation you say, hey, let's just stop talking about it. Let's just do this thing. Let's just, let's just get it done. Let's do something. On the other side of the scale, some of you are more prone to say, hey, now, let's not hurry into anything. We need to stop and talk about this. Let's think about it some more. Let's not rush in. And so if you are more prone to action, sometimes maybe even doing something before you've really thought it through, then check that side of the scale at the top. Or if you're more prone to, hey, let's not hurry into anything, we need to slow down and think about this some more, then you're on this side of the scale. Okay, have you marked it? Now granted, this is a, a, a huge oversimplification, but if you can plot your tendencies on this little graph, just the answer to those two questions can help you figure out which category you are more likely to fit in. Now, for instance, let's get started. If you tend to be a just do it person, you're prone to action, and a, well, you know what? Some people's feelings might get hurt in the process, but we need to do the right thing. We gotta get her done. If that is your personality type, you are what we call a D, which tends to be dominating, directing, uh, demanding, decisive. Uh, and you're the kind of person who will tend to say, hey, folks, let's do it my way. <laughs> Here I come, move, follow, or get out of the way. The D personality is known as the choleric or the lion type personality. Now, if on the other hand, you are a, hey, let's do something person, but you're a little more prone to be people-oriented rather than caring about whether it's accomplishing a task, then you are what we call an I personality, which you tend to be inspiring, uh, impressing, interactive, influential. Uh, in fact, you're what we call the life of the party. And if there is no party, you say, hey, folks, let's start a party. Uh, the I personality is what some systems call the sanguine or the, uh, the, what's that one called? The otter personality in the animal one, the socializer. Now in the next category, in the bottom right, if you tend to be people-oriented, you're very concerned about people's feelings, and, and, but at the same time, you're more prone to, to not be as spontaneous. You want to make sure that you think things through that you're what's called an S personality, which tends to be steady, uh, stable, servant-hearted, sometimes a little bit shy at times maybe. Uh, you, you tend to be very supportive, another S word, supportive. You wanna make sure, let's not do anything if it's gonna hurt everybody's feelings. Let's think this through. And so the S personality is what we call the phlegmatic or uh, the golden retriever in the animal system, the peacemaker, steady and servant-hearted. Now, finally, and if you're a C personality, you've already figured this out, uh, that the Cs are a little more concerned about task than just about people's feelings, and a little more prone to say, let's not rush into anything, and maybe not as prone to action a little more concerned about, you know, criticizing it and analyzing it, a conscientious person, contemplative, a bit cautious, a, uh, a person who is concerned with competence. Your motto might be, everybody, we need to follow the rules here. We need to do things the right way. This is the philosopher, the analytical thinker, 
The C person is uh, what we call the melancholic or the beaver type personality. Now what's great about this is you begin to see the value of a team. That when we try to do things on our own, many times our weaknesses are exposed But the value of a team, the beauty of a team, is that we can come together and together we can help fill in each other's weaknesses. And so when the D's and the I's are saying, hey, let's just do something, sometimes the S's and the C's say, let's make sure that we've thought this through. Sometimes when the S's are not prone to action, the D's and the I's can say, hey, folks, let's get in gear and make a decision. Sometimes the D's and the C's can be a little less concerned about people's feelings. But sometimes, on the other hand, the I's and the S's sometimes need somebody to help them keep focused on the objective, on the task. Isn't that the beauty of a team? And isn't that the beauty of the church as God designed it to function? So, a couple of uh, things about this, a few observations that we're going to fill in to the right of your graph. Number one, most people are a combination of neighboring quadrants. Now, you'll notice that we have the Canadian spelling on the screen and the American spelling in your notes, and probably the C personalities were the first ones to notice that. (laughs) And so, uh, if you are an I, that means you probably also have some S and some D characteristics. If you are a C, then you probably also have some D and some I characteristics. That that very seldom will someone be all of one. In fact, people who are all of one category tend to be some very unhealthy people who are hard to get along with. And so you will share neighboring quadrants. By the way, before we move on, uh, do you wanna guess which one I am? Can we put the chart back up really quickly? Uh, Let's put all four of them. Do you want to know which? I don't know if I should tell you or not. I hope you won't hold it against me. Uh, That my leading characteristic is C, the C personality, Uh, the the analyzer, the thinker, some of those perfectionist tendencies that kind of drive people crazy. Uh, But coming right alongside of that is the D personality, the, uh, the, the leader, the take control side, the choleric. And so really, I tend to be a lot of C with, with a bit of D and a little bit of S and a whole lot of OCD. <laughs> uh, and so uh, let's, let's go to number two. Skip forward to number two. You begin to see that everyone is normal. I've got some great news for you today. You are not as weird as you think you are, okay? There are other people out there who are a lot like you. And that guy at work, that guy at work who just drives you crazy because it's like he will never make a decision. It's like, will you just do something? He's always like, oh, you know, we need to make sure we don't rush into anything. We gotta think this through. Listen, he's not just trying to drive you crazy. It's part of the way that God wired him. It's his personality type. And one out of every four people is a lot like him. That lady 
at work or maybe that person in your family who, I mean, it just everything has to be according to the rules and just on schedule and everything has to be just so and they're always looking over everybody's shoulder to make sure that they're doing them according to their standards and, and you're like, oh, they're just trying to be a pain in my life. No, 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 they're not doing that just to irritate you. It's part of their personality type and one out of every four people is something like them. And so that is the value of this series. That if I can figure this part out, I can begin to realize that I don't have to shove everybody into my mold. I don't have to think that everyone has to be like me, which is a scary thought. Imagine a million Joels running around Moncton. Every barber in town would go out of business. And so uh, this stuff is going to help you in your relationships, in your job performance, in your selection of a career path, in who you pick to marry, in how you deal with your children as a parent. This is practical stuff. And you will see also in the series that there is some really strong biblical stuff as well. So here in this, uh, in this, uh, in the notes, you see that there's an assignment. It's a really easy assignment. You can do it in about 15 minutes. What I want to ask you to do this week is go to the website 123test.com and on the website, select disk profile. There are a whole bunch of different tests that you can take for free on there. Please don't get distracted by all those. Uh, try to, especially UI personality, stay focused on the task. And, uh, and so on that list, just the very first one is disk. Click that button and it'll help you take a disk profile where you'll answer, I don't even remember how many questions, it's like 50 questions or so. You can do it really quickly. It's designed to make it hard. If you're like, I don't know which one, they ask you a lot of redundant questions so that eventually it begins to reveal a little bit of your bias. And so do that so that you can come back next week and we can start looking at all four personality types in detail and I promise we're going to have a whole lot of fun. We're going to laugh a bit at each other and at ourselves. But before we look at the four personality types, before we get into this series, I want to give you a caution. Because this can also be dangerous stuff. We have to be careful how we use this and be aware of how not to use this. So I want to finish with just a few ground rules today. Number one, no personality type is better or worse than any other. You see, we live in a culture that tends to celebrate certain types of personalities and devalues other personalities. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 14 says that we need all the types the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am only an ear and not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? Suppose the whole body were an eyeball, then how would you hear? Which I love that verse. Imagine the whole body as an eyeball. Scripture has a sense of humor, doesn't it? it? To me, what that would look like is Mike Kozowski from Monsters, Inc. The whole body 
were an eyeball, then how would you hear? Or if your whole body were just one big ear, how would you smell anything? You wouldn't smell anything, but you could hear things from miles around. Therefore, verse 21 says, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the weakest parts, the parts that seem weakest and the least important are really the most necessary. And one of the things that we want to keep in mind here is that sometimes we do not appreciate the personality that God has made us to be. And I admit, sometimes I wish that I were more of a sanguine or more of an I personality. And I've learned to function in that way, and God has helped me grow in some of those weaknesses. But here's, here's what we have to keep in mind. That God made you the way that he did, with your strengths and some of your built-in weaknesses, for a reason. That you have value the way that God designed you to be. Ground rule number two, never reduce people to a stereotype. I've seen many people take this sort of stuff and they start running around and thinking that they've got everybody pegged. And so they'll go around and they'll say, oh, I know why you did that. You're a sanguine personality. That is just like you. <laughs> or, oh, you cholerics. You just don't care about people's feelings. Listen, don't do that. Why? Because it's not fair and usually it is not completely accurate. The Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14, let's read this together. I love this, this passage of scripture. This verse is beautiful. Let's read it out loud together. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. That we as people are wonderfully complex. Nobody fits into a box. That people are much more complicated than any stereotype. And the purpose of this series is so that we can learn to appreciate people, not to judge them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, those of you who, I, yeah, I, hopefully you're, you're like, Joel, I'm judging you right now. You're not doing a good, okay. Hopefully you'll learn to appreciate me too. Number three, personality type is never an excuse for inappropriate behavior. Can I get an amen? amen. Let, let me say it again. I'll give you a chance. Get ready to respond. Personality type is never an excuse for inappropriate behavior. Amen. amen. Listen. The point of all this is not so that we can sit back and say, well, now that I figured out how God designed me, that this is part of my personality, now I have an excuse. This is just the way God made me. The reason that we are studying this is so that we can learn to maximize our strengths and also help overcome our weaknesses. Listen to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man... I put childish ways behind me. Uh, having learned something about children over the years, having raised two of my own, and also having a number of foster children over the years. When our kids became teenagers, uh, we started foster parenting, and we would bring little babies home from the hospital. A lot of them were med uh, medically 
fragile babies. And uh, so one of the things that I found after having already gotten my kids to the teenage years and then starting over again with a baby and multiple babies is a couple of things that I've learned. First of all, babies are a lot of work, okay? Uh, Bless you parents of young children and all God's people said amen. Amen. Uh, It is, we feel for you, those of you who are in the stage of young children, it is a lot of work. And here's why. I figured it out. I I figured out why it's so much work. Because babies are lazy. I mean, they they don't do anything for themselves. (laughs) Right? I mean, they expect you to feed them, and you have to put clothes on them. They poop their pants, and you have to change their diaper. How lazy is that? Is it their fault? No, they're just being a baby. But what if your teenagers did the same thing? (laughs) Right, right? (laughs) What if if your kids expected the same treatment as the baby? You would say, hey, come on now, it is time to grow up and start taking responsibility for yourself. And so that is why in this series, ground rule number four, God's goal is to develop the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Let's read together Galatians 5, verse 22. These are called the fruit of the Spirit, the characteristics, the qualities that God wants to develop in our lives. Are you ready? Let's read it together out loud. Galatians 5, 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, can I confess something? Some of these qualities are contrary to my nature. I know I'm the only one. I hope you don't think less of me. But I'm guessing that some of them are uh, contrary to your nature as well. In fact, based on your personality type, there are probably some of these that you wrestle with more than others. And here's what's fun over the next four weeks. If we can figure out your personality type, I can probably tell you which of the fruit of the Spirit you struggle with the most. And here's the secret. Are you ready? The secret is that this series is really going to be a study of the fruit of the Spirit and how God wants to develop these in our lives. Are you ready? Are you ready? We're going to have fun together, I promise. You're not going to want to miss any of the weeks of this series. And we're going to learn a lot of Greek and Hebrew as we study the Bible together over the next month. Would you stand with me? As well, right now, you might be thinking of people that you would like to invite to this series. You're like, oh, I can think of so-and-so. They really need to hear this. I'm only half kidding. I'm, I'm really serious. That if you would like to invite someone to this series, you can show them this video. You can share it with them on social media. Or, and this is the best way, grab one of our invitation cards. We have them at all of the exits. They're a little card that looks like this that uh, we carry in our wallets and in our our purses and so forth. 
And if you can, you, you can invite people to come and join you over the next month, tell them what the series is going to be about as together we grow, as together we grow in God's word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for all of the people in this room, all of the different types of people that you have made. And so God, we pray that you would give us a level of self-awareness over this month. And also that you would open our hearts to the conviction of your word that that's some of us, many of us, in fact, perhaps all of us over the next month, we're going to have our toes stepped on. We're going to be challenged. We're going to be convicted to make some changes and to grow in areas where we have been weak. And so, Father, we pray that you would prepare our hearts for what you have for us. And Father, for anyone here today who has never accepted your gift of forgiveness, God, that even today you would be planting seeds of love, seeds of hope. That people would be aware of how much you love them. So much that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins so that we can be forgiven and have new life in Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we pray that, that wherever people are on that journey today, from those who are not yet Christians, who have not surrendered their lives to you, to those who have been Christians for years, Lord, for all of us, that this week we would seek you, that we would spend time in your word, that we would spend time in prayer and open ourselves to what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, amen. amen.